The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. Welcome to She Talks Health with Sophie Shepard. Today's woman has a lot of questions about their health and lifestyle choices. But where can you get the right answers? The answer is here and the time is now. Here is your host, Sophie Shepard. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the fourth She Talks Health radio show. This is your host, Sophie Shepard, FDN and founder of She And I am so excited for today because I have a friend and colleague on the line who is going to show you so much information about what we can do for our female bodies. Um, And before we get started into that, I'm definitely going to want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is COVID-19 with her, because I think it's definitely relevant to talk about. Last week, we had Anna Saucier from Cycle Power Summit on and she was talking about all the trials and tribulations she went through trying to get home from Malaysia during this um, epidemic that we're going through. And I know that I've certainly been putting some practices, practices in place for my body and my uh, family at this time. But Dr. Beth Westy, who we have on the line, actually is a mom. So I know she's trying to run her business probably while being a mom. And that leads us into uh, her bio, which is an incredible bio. I actually met uh, Dr. Beth Westy during a presentation she gave, and I felt like we were soul sisters immediately. She totally speaks my language. And Dr. Beth is actually the author of a best-selling book. It's called The Female Fat Solution. Ladies, go and buy this on Amazon right now. And she is the creator of the 12-week Female Fat Solution Challenge and the host of the Female Health Solution Podcast. So she actually has made it her mission to change the way women view their health And she travels the country to educate and empower women to take their health into their own hands. She uses nutrition to help women work with the natural cycle of their bodies to achieve lasting weight loss results. Wow. Welcome to the show, Dr. Beth Westy. Yay. Thank you. Um, I'm not traveling right now. I just want (laughs) to... How did I know you were going to start Like everyone else. We're all hermits. It's cool. We're enjoying it. Yeah. So where do you, where are you hunkered down and uh, tell us what this whole experience has been like for you going through COVID-19? Yeah. Okay. So um, I live in Minneapolis. I live in a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, And here in Minnesota, relative to a lot of other places in the country, it's not really that bad. Meaning, yes, we're doing the stay at home. Yes. The governor, you know, called off school you know, at least until May 4th. So for another month, my kiddos are at home. So I have three kiddos, a boy, then two girls. They're 13, 11, and nine. So eighth grade, sixth grade, fourth grade. And um, and they're doing the learning at home thing. They're doing it right now, actually, <laughs> upstairs. Um, yeah, so I, I want to say aside from that little shift and, you know, looking at some of the things that are coming up, it's, you know, it's birthday season, for, for my family. Um, you know, my kids are, everybody jokes about this. Oh, did you plan that? Your kids are two, two years apart. Like all their birthdays are within about two weeks of each other. (laughs) Wow. Perfect. Yeah. I, I got pregnant on break in grad school, like every break I would get. (laughs) 
<laughs> you stopped studying and got pregnant. Yeah, right? Like, I took finals. Yay, woo! <laughs> That's so just funny. Yeah, so. You're always real. That's why I like you. Yeah, it's just, you know, it is what it is. So, hey, you know, just three three kiddos all have birthdays in the same time. And so I had to have the conversation with them. Hey, by the way, school you know, it's called off and they're like, yay, there's a little bit of that. And then there's a little bit of like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's okay. But then I had to, you know, talk to them about their birthdays and like, normally we do something and go somewhere and they get to pick that type of a thing. And I was like, it's going to be different. So let's talk about what we want to do, navigate that. um, And maybe we can, you know, do something special later in the year because we didn't get to do anything special-ish now. It's still going to be special. It's still going to be yeah so yeah absolutely absolutely yeah it's just I think it's about for everybody it's reframing expectations reframing the day reframing and I think that's been a big thing for a lot of people is creating a boundary around your day and, and kind of a habits around your day that are maybe a little bit different or a lot different than they were before if you were leaving for work and you know could socialize and all those things yeah. outside of your house so oh yeah totally totally reframing all that stuff um I've had a lot of people ask me what I'm doing specifically for myself, for my family, all the things. I mean, we, I, we, I'm a health nut, duh, right? So we <laughs> yeah. do all the healthy things anyway. So our regular routine really isn't that different, especially yeah. for the kids. But for me, I'm keeping their schedule pretty similar to what they would be in school, um, taking it day to day, week to week, just planning things out a shorter amount of time and not really looking too much farther beyond that just to keep everything you know, so that I can manage it. I've given myself extra downtime and processing time because I found that that's helpful if I can, you know, even if I hide in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, yes. and just give my, you know, I take extra adaptogens for stress and then I yes. hide and I let myself process and then I can come out and be yes. more interactive with everybody else and it, and it goes better. Um, but the, the one key thing day to day that's been super helpful just in terms of managing things, because sometimes everyday things feel overwhelming right now, is that I've been using other time to prep. So um, mm. for a lot of people, you're at home, right? You're like, oh my gosh, now my kiddos are at home. I have to cook three meals a day now. And I was only making them maybe like quick oatmeal in the morning and they'd have sandwiches for lunch or they'd get lunch at school and then I'd make them dinner. But now you've got right. all these meals. And I'm like, you know what I do? I actually am prepping in the morning. So I'm actually getting up a little bit earlier than I normally do. I meal prep and everything in the morning for the entire day so that mm. it's so much easier than for me to, you know, prep something, have something, you know, so they're not just having sandwiches all the time or the same thing every lunch. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's that extra time that I'm meal prepping that actually saves me time and mental energy that I don't have to use throughout the day. Cause Sometimes things shift very rapidly during the day. Uh, absolutely. I think you're right on. And something one of my mentors told me is really coming up right now is that when we when we shift what we're doing with work or in our mental process, that's actually a lot of work for our brain to do. So if you can kind yeah. of consolidate and make things a little bit easier for yourself by doing one task at a time in a batch like that, you know, maybe you're batch writing all your content or you're, you're doing all of your meal prep at one time, then you don't have to stop in the middle of whatever your brain's doing to then do something different. And so you're actually making it easier on yourself and 
probably for your kids. And I'm sure they thank you for that. That's incredible. Thanks for that tip. Yeah. What, uh, what else, what else do they do? I, I, this is not something that we talked about, but I, I'm just curious if you'd be able to share with all the moms listening, what you love to do for your kids normally to help them stay healthy. Oh yeah. So for kids, I have them on kind of a, just a general multi, you know, vitamin, vitamin D, um, making sure they get probiotics and things like that on a regular basis. And then I make sure they eat lots of greens. And I, you know, they're older now, so they're better about it. But when they were younger, I used to hide greens in stuff. Like I'd mix in greens, mix it in with like spaghetti sauce. I'd mix in greens powder in with peanut butter. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. And it's like, they can't taste it. They don't know. But I'm like, ha ha, you're getting greens. (laughs) (laughs) So sweetie. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, cool. I just thought maybe you would be a good source of that. So thanks for sharing because I'm sure there's lots of moms listening that probably want to know what they can do for their kids on a normal basis. Yeah. So, okay. So today we're really talking about your specialty, which is also something that I love to talk about in my practice, which is how we can support women with their nutrition throughout their cycle. So they can really take their hormones to the next level and use them as an advantage. I think it is so prevalent in our society that our hormones are somehow making us weaker or less than and that is just simply not the truth as we know it, as you and I know it. And I would just love to hear from you. I know you talk about this a lot on your YouTube channel, but there's different ways we can eat throughout the, uh, throughout our cycle to support the dominant hormone, as you say, um, from, from one phase to the next. So we talked about this a little bit last time on the show, but that there's these four cycles, but the way that you, there's four, four phases, but the really way that you do it is you divide it in half. Is that, is that correct? You divide the month in half and then how you eat divided, divided by half as well. Yeah. Yes. So it just makes it easier and simple again, as you're getting started with this to, because there's some clear markers for your body day one and to day 14, that first half of your cycle you know, the, the day one is the first day of your period. So you're like, oh yeah, I got that. I can figure that out, right? Yeah. Day 14 <laughs> is about two weeks later, but about the time that you would ovulate. So yeah. that just keeps it easy in your head to get started with a lot of this stuff. And then after that, day 15 through 28 is the rest of the cycle. So again, you can shift things from there to take advantage of the different benefits that estrogen, which is the you know first part versus progesterone, the second part those different benefits that they have for your body. Absolutely. So in case anyone's kind of never heard of what, what this is, basically you, when, when you're a cycling female, you have different hormones that are dominant depending on where you are in the month. And so the first two weeks, you've got this growing surge of estrogen, which is becomes dominant. And that does different metabolic things to your body that I'm sure uh, Dr. Beth Leslie can explain to us well. And then once you ovulate, you create the corpus luteum, and that is actually a temporary gland that creates progesterone. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of takes over. And so you are a very different person from one week to the next or one half of the cycle to the next. And I know your specialty is really honing in on how women can eat to support where they are in the cycle. So can you kind of explain to women what they could be eating from that first half to that second half and what those benefits would be? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we talk about the the cycle in general, and, you know, if you've referenced this already, a lot of women are like, okay, it's sort of that makes sense, or I get it, I see, or I've seen the graph, sure, sure. 
Um, where it kind of hits home a, a lot more sometimes is where you realize, oh my gosh, I did a workout one week or I went for a five mile run and I just nailed it and I was running really well. Yeah, look at me go. I made good time. And then t- like a week and a half later, you go for the exact same run, like the exact same time of day. <laughs> and you're like, this is awful. My legs are like cement blocks. What the crap is happening? What did I do wrong? Oh my gosh. And you didn't do anything wrong. You just, you just took a different body for a run that day. That's it. It's a completely different system that's at work there. Um, so estrogen, and this again, just for women to kind of get this in their heads, the first part, the first two weeks, estrogen is going to boost your metabolism more. You're going to have more natural energy. It's easier to build muscle and recover from workouts. Um, and your body actually burns carbs more naturally. Progesterone, it actually can make you feel more tired. You don't recover as quickly. Um, it, your digestive system slows down more. It can be tougher to get good sleep at that time. But also, your basal body temperature is higher. So it, you can tap into deeper fat burning stores during that time that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do during the estrogen phase. Mm-hmm. So with those two things, when the way I talk about it, besides you know nutrient, protein, all that other stuff with your system, um, the angle that I like to inform women on is really an Eastern medicine angle. And it's matching the tone of your food with your basal body temperature. So your basal body temperature is lower during the estrogen phase and higher during the progesterone phase. So you're going to eat cooling foods during mm-hmm. the estrogen phase. And those are going to be chicken, turkey, fish, raw fruits and vegetables, things like mint, you know, um, cucumbers, right? Rosemary, very cooling things for the body to align with that lower body temperature. Then you ovulate and that changes. So your body temperature spikes and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat warming foods. Warming foods are like beef, bacon, like cooking your veggies all the time. Um, adding spices, peppers, hot sauce to everything, uh, ginger, cinnamon, very, very warming spices. And that helps your system work with the higher body temperature. And when I explain this, a lot of times women are like, oh, I get it. I, my temperature changes. I eat for that. That makes sense. But a lot of times, two women are thinking, okay, wouldn't I want to eat the opposite of that? Wouldn't I want to do warming during estrogen and cooling during progesterone? Do the opposite. That way the temperature evens out. And the one thing about that is that your system is not meant to do that. You are supposed to ebb and flow throughout the month. So we're trained and we're told information. Research is done on men. You know, um, the whole first chapter of my book is based on this, on the history of nutrition and medical history. Everything is designed for men. Women aren't even included in studies. They haven't been included in the past 50 years. And even now when they're included, it's a very small percentage so that that doesn't, it doesn't really skew the end result data. Meaning when you look at information or see something out there, you're like, oh, this looks great. This is going to be great for my system. It's not for a female system. It's for a male system. So Mm -hmm. to think about it in terms of evening things out, that's a male model mindset that we've had imprinted for our bodies, but that's not necessarily the most beneficial way to go about it. We should be shifting with how our body naturally changes throughout the month. We should be leaning into how our system changes so that we're working with those hormones and we don't like fight against it or expect something out of our bodies that they're not meant to do naturally. Mm, I love that. (laughs) That's okay. I knew you were going to do it because I've seen you talk before and that's okay. Let's let's go back so people can really hear it because 
what you're saying here is that most medical research that has been done in the past and still currently has been done on a male body. And what that means is the male, so men cycle their hormones through a 24 hour cycle. They have testosterone that gets, you know, uh, up in the morning with cortisol. And then I believe they get a surge later in the day. And then again, later in the day, like midday and then in the afternoon and they kind of reset it's like groundhog's day for men so it makes sense that you know their their work life and their exercise right that go 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 that you know the just do it from like nike or whatever it makes sense that it's for men uh to, to do the same thing but for women we're very different and so if we can also lean into the power of that uh we can we can accomplish really great things and i know for me personally when i started eating this way it became so apparent when I was off balance. So I'll give you guys a current example. I'm down here in Jacksonville, Florida with my parents and my boyfriend, and we're all kind of sharing dinner together. Everyone's doing their own thing for breakfast and lunch, but everyone's coming together for dinner. And so it's been an interesting challenge for me because there's been, for example, more steaks and red meat, but I'm in that first half of my cycle. So I'm really not feeling having beef right now. I want chicken or even, you know, something lighter like lentils or, you know, um, fish right now. And I can really feel how heavy it is on my body when I'm not listening to my cycle. So it's, it's an interesting thing once you kind of jump into how you can tune into your body and how this works for, for you. So I love that you are teaching women how to do this and that you're, you're telling them to really lean into the temperature shift. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's really cool. And I wonder if you could kind of explain how this fits into right now. There's so much information out there about the ketogenic diet, the paleo diet, the vegan diet, you know, all these kind of diet dogmas. So I'm curious if you can explain how this fits into that and why those may or may not be the best choice for a female body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we're looking at any type of quote unquote fad diet, a lot of them are restrictive of some kind. And to keep in mind research and everything that is done nutritionally on those restrictive diets is done on men. So every time I see somebody and I literally just had somebody comment on something I posted on keto um, because I don't recommend keto for women long-term. It's really tough on your endocrine system. And they'll be like, oh, well, this and this, and this is why it's good. And I'll be like, okay. Like some people will even like send me studies and they'll be like, this is why this is good for the body. I'll be like, okay, did you actually look at the, like the research? The research literally says if you go through it, it was done on 12 men. So all that research is not applicable for the female body. And when you look at some of these things and how it impacts the female body, it actually has a negative effect because our systems are designed in general to function completely differently than the male body. Our systems are designed to store fat quickly and easily if needed to. And yep. some people are like, what? No. And other women are like, yes. Oh my God. That's <laughs> well, um, that's why, why men can do the keto diet, right? And they can lose oh, yeah. like 10 pounds in a week and their wives are not going anywhere and they're so yeah. pissed off, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I always say men can sneeze and fart and they lose five pounds. They're like, <laughs> right? Like that's it. And it's true because their systems are just designed to be able to build muscle increase their metabolism and burn fat very quickly and efficiently. And the female body is not designed to do that. So when we look at health and everything else, especially weight loss and diets, 
one of the first things I teach women to do is stop weighing yourself every day. Stop weighing yourself every week even and comparing it to last week because the week, the body you're comparing it to is a different body. If you weigh yourself on day seven and then weigh yourself on day 21, you're going to weigh differently because you have a different blood volume. You have different fluid retention. You have a different body chemically at that point. And women can fluctuate five to 10 pounds throughout the month. That can really throw you off mentally when you're trying to get healthier, stay healthier, everything else. So if you're going to weigh yourself, I would say weigh yourself once a month. Or if you're going to weigh yourself once a week, you have to compare yourself to the same body last month. Day seven of this month to day seven of last month. That's going to give you an accurate look at the progress and where things are actually going for you and that body system at that time. So... It, it's a Absolutely. very different way of looking at it. I got a little off track there with the question. That's, a, that's okay. I think it's actually a good, a good tangent to go on in terms of the, the weight loss component, because I have so many female clients who come to me with, you know, uh, messed up hormones and they're, they're constantly every morning on the scale. And I remember I had one, one client, she had PMS for two weeks. <gasps> so yes, uh. yes. PMS for two weeks every month and she was just miserable not sleeping you know all of the brain fog everything the weight she gained like 20 pounds she wasn't sure why and we ran her Dutch test and we saw what was going on she had some estrogen dominance going on and some low progesterone and yeah. you know she wasn't methylating out her her estrogen well either so she had you know kind of a kind of a combination of things going on and when we, when we adjusted that with diet and lifestyle and supplementation, you know, her PMS got 95% better. All of a sudden she just had normal amounts of some, a little bit of moodiness with her drop in progesterone and, or whatever was going on and drop in estrogen. And, and then she felt better and, uh, and oh. she, threw out, she threw out the scale, right? Yes. She threw out the scale because she started feeling better in her body and she realized, mm -hmm. okay, after it took about three to six months for her to throw out the scale, but she finally oh, yeah. did. Yeah. And I was so proud of her because that was such a big thing for her to weigh herself every day and to judge how her day was going to be, whether or not she lost weight or gained weight. Yeah. So this is such powerful information because it, it impacts how we show up in the world, right? Yes. In our body. Yeah, it does. It impacts how we show up in the world. I like that phrasing. It's absolutely true. But yeah, weighing yourself day to day, that's a male model mindset that that's what we're told is what's going to be. So a lot of this stuff, and, and I'm sure you have this too with the women that you work with, it's like you have to re-educate everybody, retrain everybody on how to even think about your body because we're not told this information in the first place. And then the other information that we're told is not meant for how our bodies work and function. So right. it's very frustrating to go about this. And then, then it's the same thing with all these other diets. And I'm not saying different types of diet plans and things like that are bad. They're not bad. It's just, is that diet formulated are those recommendations formulated with the female body in mind or not and most of the time 99% of the time it's not right a lot of that you know even whole 30 great protocol right super great way for people to start eating clean there's a great system super duper but it doesn't differentiate between the male and female body you know what i mean absolutely so, so there's a lot of good stuff out there but if you're not taking into account your own female system, you're missing out on a huge piece of the puzzle and it's not going to give you the best possible results that you could get had you followed something that also took your specific physiology, the female physiology into account. 
So, so what are some of those benefits that women can expect or, or maybe see during uh, the type of, I guess, diet or eating cycle, I should say, I, I would say the way that we, I don't like to call it a diet, but mm-hmm. how, what are the benefits that women could experience eating for your cycle and with your cycle? Yeah. So, and this is very similar. Um, cause what I, what I teach with eating for your whole cycle and everything else is, is really like all the foods that you eat, but a, a good way to think about it in terms of getting started is, um, seed cycling and going through that. So, um, but it's going to help you regulate your cycle. You can, you know, it can be on a regular pattern. You can decrease a lot of the hormonal symptoms that you have. Um, it makes it less likely to be thrown off when you are stressed or get injured or ill or whatever, right? Like we've all had that where we've been really stressed out and you skip a period or you're late and you're like, what the heck, right? But our, we oh my forget gosh. that, yeah, we forget that our hormones are impressionable, meaning you, you get to control how they, how they are patterned. Um, you know, if you've ever lived with other girls in college, right? How long does it take before you guys all? <laughs> That's right. Think up, right? It's not yeah. very long, right? It's pretty fast, right? So your pretty hormones fast. are impressionable and you can be in control of the patterns of your hormones. So keeping that in mind, like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize my body was so dynamic and I can be in the driver's seat of it instead of just you know, walking around in the dark blindfolded wondering, oh, when's this going to happen? Or, oh, crap, I had my period early. What the heck? You know? Yes. Yes. Especially right now. I think a lot of people are, I've I've heard a lot of women who, uh, because of COVID-19, the amount of stress we're all under is really Mm -hmm. affecting periods. So if you are a woman who uh, skipped your cycle or got your cycle a week early or anything like that, just know that, you know, it's, in a sense, normal and that the stress is impacting your hormones and you can also then get back into sync, you know, and one of the best ways we can do this is through this eating cycle and also by utilizing the stress management tips and tools that I'm sure you talk to people about as well and, and upping our doses of things like adaptogens as well. Yes. I know you mentioned that earlier and I know we have only a couple of minutes till break. Actually, would you mind explaining what adaptogens are and why you're taking them? Because I think that kind of ties into this as well as around the stress piece for yeah. our cycle. Yeah, absolutely. So adaptogens are herbs that help your body mitigate stress. Meaning when you have any type of stressor, whether it's internal or external, your system is going to have a response and it increases in cortisol. So it like starts this fire, right? This fire whoosh, rushes up. Adaptogens are like buckets of water that get dumped on the fire. It might not put the fire out completely, but it's going to take it down a heck ton, right? It's, I'm trying to keep it PG here. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. It takes it down a lot, like just mutes that huge response. So you don't have this huge wildfire running rampant out of control. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So it gives you a baseline, I think, is the way I always like to think yeah. of it. And just so any, anyone knows with adaptogens, it's not a Xanax or something like that. It's, it's a, a longer term process. So you might not notice the, the subtle shifts, but over time, you know, three months down the line, you should really start to feel kind of that balancing out and that at security. And it's one of the best things that we have available. And what's great is that they're, they're natural herbs there. It's not a synthetic chemical you're putting in your body. So if you're into that natural thing, you know, that's uh, like what we're talking about right now, then that's perfect. All right. So we are going to head to break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about who should be eating for their hormones and how we can eat for our hormones to actually help us lose weight 
and what women in menopause can be doing uh, and going through perimenopause. So I'm excited to dive in a little bit deeper and we'll talk to you guys in a couple minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Sophie Shepard is a functional nutrition practitioner and founder of She. Sophie helps busy women all over the world go from hormonal chaos to optimal hormonal alignment so they can live their lives fully without being held back by their bodies. Using the power of functional lab testing combined with life-changing mindset shifts and integrating the entire body's system. If the only thing holding you back is your health, it's time to stop letting hormonal chaos run your world. Book your health discovery call today by going to SheTalksHealth.com. Are you done medicating and guessing your way through the exhaustion, pain, and irritability caused by hormonal and digestive health issues? Sophie Shepard, founder of She, will help you go from symptom-ridden and confused to finally having clarity about how your hormones work and confidence in your health strategy in just 10 days. If you are ready to stop living with no energy, brain fog, anxiety, digestive issues, and painful periods, then check out the 10-Day Digestive and Hormone Reboot at SheTalksHealth.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to She Talks Health. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to sophie at she-nyc.com. That's sophie at she-nyc.com. Now back to She Talks Health. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We have Dr. Beth Westy here talking to us about how women can eat for their hormone cycle and how that's so very different from the fad diets we see out there today why it can be beneficial for women and you know what it actually does. So, so far we've covered all of that. And so you could definitely go back and re-listen to that first half of this uh, episode so you can understand where the basis is, how to get started on that. And now we're going to kind of dive into the, the who and more about the how. So the, the biggest question I have for you is who should be eating this way? Um, Dr. Beth Westy, who, who, who should, who shouldn't? Are there, I mean, there are women listening to this all over the world. It's not even just the U.S. There's people from China and Denmark and Japan, Chile. So are there, are there any exclusions to this rule? <laughs> um, if you have, if you are, you know, uh, I want to say if you have any female parts, then this applies to you, <laughs> right? You can still use this in your you know, routine and take advantage of some of these different things. Um, what's really interesting, and I don't know if this was a topic you wanted to touch on a little bit, but there's some women who are, you know, if they're trans or, you know, in transition, that type of a thing, sometimes they feel really, um, you know, people, they might feel disassociated with their body if they're transitioning from female to male, yet they still have a cycle, yet they still have some of these things going on, right? So a lot of times um, I've actually heard from people that they're like, okay, this is actually really helpful for me. I have been able to do things for my hormones in my transition time that helped me not have 
horrible symptoms that I was having before. So I felt more connected to my body through this transition time because it's a, that's a lot to go through anyway. So if you are, you know, if you have, you know, ovaries, this is something that you can do, right? And even if you don't have ovaries, if you've had a hysterectomy or you're in menopause and you're like, well, my ovaries are dormant, they're not, they're not doing much. You still have this, right? You're on a cellular level, your body produces some estrogen, some progesterones, right? They're produced by adipose tissue, by fat tissue, by adrenals, by neural tissue. So you can still take advantage of some of these tips and tricks to align with your body just to get it to work and function better. And, and so you feel... I don't know, uh, more, more connected and see better and faster results with it too. Wonderful. That's really great. So uh, all the ladies that are listening can partake in this. And wow, there were two questions that I thought of while you were speaking. One is, um, that's incredible, by the way, that, you know, you've had that experience with, with uh, people who are transitioning uh, or not sure what to eat and, and how it can affect them that they've, they've felt better uh, through that process. And I love that. Because the more we can do for for all people is great around nutrition and ease the symptom burden, right? Because that allows us to show up stronger in the world. So that's wonderful. And I guess my other question coming out of this would be, I know that there's a lot of women out there who do not have a regular cycle and or they're on hormonal birth control. And so, and that's a lot of people. So they're probably wondering, well, can I do this? And I know in some of the research I've seen that you can sync it with the moon or you can just kind of start and, and get your body to sync with you. Is that what you would recommend? And, and does this apply to those two groups of people? Yes. So yeah, every body is a little bit different, right? And for some people that they're like, oh yeah, I'm totally synced with the moon. Great. You can pattern things out from there really, really easily. If you are on a type of birth control that regulates your cycle or has your cycle disappear, this is still something that's very beneficial for your body to follow because you're still going through a shift and change, even though it's, again, muted or controlled by those external hormones. And then the other part of that too is that at some point, if you want to not have that hormonal birth control in your system, then you, you will have a pattern for your body to go off of that you can easily go through that phase of, okay, I'm on the pill, I'm going off the pill, here we go, and I have a pattern for my body to follow really, really nicely so you're not having any you know, side effects, that type of a thing. Absolutely. I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think a lot of women who have come in ha- are wanting to get off of the pill or the IUD to start a family, but they're worried that they're not going to be able to get pregnant or have their cycle come back. And this is the yeah. perfect way to do that. Perfect, yes. perfect way. So I, uh, I really think that you're right on and I love that you can provide that. Um, how I know a lot of your work is around your the weight loss part of things and you you were you yourself you were an athlete right yep Mm -hmm. I don't know if you still consider yourself an athlete or if that's in the past but uh, (laughs) could you talk about how this could affect weight loss your your 12-week program is specifically around the female fat solution so I think when people hear that they automatically think oh fat loss so I'm going to lose weight So can you talk about how this supports weight loss and is there anything else that people should know or women should know about, well, around weight loss? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I guess a little, a little more background on me. I, I was an athlete growing up 
Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school. I played, you know, I got a scholarship to play volleyball in college. And then after that, you know, started having babies. So sports didn't take a vaccine. But then actually a few years ago, I actually started playing uh, women's full tackle football. So I would still consider myself an athlete. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, like seriously, like full tackle, like helmet, pads, the works, like Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty intense. Um and yeah, so I still, you know, do a lot of fitness things. Right now, you know, the season is, you know, I I took a season off, right? This was a season I'm taking off anyway, but then they actually had to postpone the season. So Yeah. Um, right, because of all the things. But uh, it's a really different thing. And, you know, when I was an athlete, you know, it was especially in college, it was like I could eat anything, right? You know, you work out for six hours a day. doesn't matter what, you know, it seemed like, right? <laughs> um, but when you're on other things to recognize in terms of hormones and performance, when you're on a birth control pill, it actually decreases your performance by 11% across the board. So if you're really, yeah. Yeah, you're, she's making a face right now that wow. you guys can't see. Yeah. Um, but so if you're, looking, if you're looking to be a higher performance athlete, right? And at that, you know, when I was in college, I um, actually got invited to play on a couple of um, professional teams, one in Australia, one in Europe for volleyball. And, you know, uh, you know, at that level, you're doing everything possible to increase your performance, to get that much faster, to get, you know, a half an inch more on your vertical, everything, it all matters. And I didn't know that at the time, you know, being on the pill was something that was actually going to be holding me back in my athletic performance. So some really big things to think of if you're, you know, if you're an athlete or if you want the most out of your body, if you're like, gosh, I feel like, you know, not only with my cycle, things are different like throughout the month, but overall I went on the pill and I'm not as fast or I feel like I could be faster. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yes. So, and I'm sure you and I could talk about the pill and its effects on the female body at, at nauseum. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. I know that there's plenty of stuff that I'm going to talk yeah. about how it affects mental health on a podcast next week. And, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, mm-hmm. all, I'll, all I'll say about this, ladies, is, you know, n- no one on this channel is here to judge your choices on whether or not you're on or off the pill, right? Mm-hmm. I was on it for 10 years. And I made the decision to come off of it when I realized it was impacting my thyroid. I was having, um, you know, really bad endocrine-related issues with estrogen and progesterone, leaky gut, these things that we know the pill can increase, like nutritional deficiencies and digestive issues and thyroid issues. So it didn't make sense for me once I identified those to stay on something that I knew was a potential contributor. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes the birth control pill is what is making sense for your body right now? What I feel, and I'm sure that you agree, I don't want to speak for you, is that it's about knowing and being informed about what the birth control pill does. And if that's what you are willingly choosing and really tracking and making sure that as you go through the years and the months, that if those symptoms start to pop up, you're in control. You're again in the driver's seat and knowing without fear that you can come off of the birth control pill, you there's still very much a possibility of getting pregnant. There's still very much a possibility of having a normal cycle. That's literally what we do (laughs) is teach people how they can get that back. And, and, you know, there, I think there's a lot of fear around coming off the pill. And obviously that's something you should talk to your doctor about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. 
but just know that you have a lot more control and, and power than you think when it comes to this type of thing. Would you agree? Is there anything I missed? Yes. <laughs> no, totally. Yes. Yes. All the things. Yes. It's yeah. We're, I feel like I was the same boat. I was on the pill for about 10 years and you, you're just not given like the full gamut of information of what you're, what, what can really happen with your body and system and the choice that you're making. And at the time, you know, I was like, this is the best choice for me. But looking back, I was like, well, maybe, maybe I would have made a different choice had I known the impact it would have had, you know, based on where I thought I wanted to go with my, you know, athletics, right. Where I thought that was going to take me. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that about the athletic performance. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Okay. Let's cycle back. I think we were talking about (laughs) weight loss. I (laughs) I know. Circling around again. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So so, I know a lot of women are struggling with their weight loss. So how does eating for your cycle help with, help with that? Yeah. A lot of times, you know, I, I phrase things in terms of fat loss and talking about fat tissue. And it's because I want women to really understand that fat tissue is dynamic. It's not, you know, it's not good. It's not bad, but to realize your hormones have a huge impact on your fat tissue and how it responds. If you have thyroid issues or or not, right. If you have, you know, estrogen issues or not cortisol issues, right. You can have adrenal fatigue and yet have really high, you know, metabolized cortisol in your system because your fat tissue is contributing to that. Right. So it's this, it's a hormonally driven thing that forces your system to respond by having increased you know, fat tissue, and it makes it then harder for your body to even build muscle and get the energy, get good sleep, right, all the other healthy things. So I like to really educate women and I talk about weight loss, fat loss specifically, but really having women understand when your body is functioning better, and you feel better, being at the healthiest weight for you is going to be a side effect of everything working better in your system. Um, So So that's the, you know, that's the thing. And this was also what got me started in it was after I had my third kid, I had ovarian cysts. They were horrific. They, I had a cyst that would burst every month for a year Mm. and a half. And this was, yeah, I, it would put me on the floor. It was so painful, right? If you've ever had a cyst that burst. I have. Yeah. I've been hospitalized for it before. So yeah. Yep. It would just put, put me on the floor every time. And of course I'm... I'm a terrible patient. So I was like, it's fine. I'll get, I'll get better. <laughs> no, it's not fine. Like stop being ridiculous. Right. So finally my husband like put me in the car cause I couldn't get in the car by myself, put me in the car, took me to the ER and the ER doc was like, well, here's your Vicodin and here's your birth control. That's what I got for you. And I was like, I, okay. I don't want to be on Vicodin all day, every day. That doesn't seem like a good life choice, sir. Um, and I was like, I don't need the pill. Like my husband, you know, snip, snip, our family's complete. I don't need to have that hormonal influence in my body anymore. And I had other side effects from it. I'd rather not. Like, what else do you have for me? I didn't have cysts before I had kids. And now I had kids and a lot of stress. You know, my youngest, she was a preemie. She was in the NICU for 23 days. And, and then that and having a new business and I wasn't sleeping is just a lot of stress. So I started getting cysts. And at the same time I had put on, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, baby weight, baby weight. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but Normally, especially being an athlete, I'd be able to, you know, eat a little healthier, you know, and work out and take off any baby weight. But I had about 15 pounds that just wasn't going anywhere. And I was like, this has to be related. I'm, you know, I'm totally stressed out. My hormones are out of control here and I can't take off this weight. 
And really what it is is that your, your fat cells can actually hold on to that excess hormone in response and a protective response to what's happening internally in your body. So once I got my system to regulate, started eating for my hormones and cycle and helping my, my liver process out and metabolize these hormones out of my body, I was able to uh, you know, regulate my hormones, but that weight just came off easily, you know, relatively easily then again, because I was working with my body and hormones and it wasn't about, you know, dieting. It wasn't about, you know, going crazy at the gym. It was just my system started to get healthier. My cysts went away. I haven't had a cyst since. Um, and Yay. she's, you know, she's nine now. So <laughs> she's almost 10. So eight and a half years. Right. Am I doing the math? Right. Something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So, and that's how I got rid of my cysts. They haven't returned. And then again, I was able to get to and maintain a healthy weight by continuing to eat for my hormones and cycle. And so, you know, I'm a chiropractor by training. So I actually had a clinic that I, um, you know, saw patients, treated patients. I had a busy clinic, a big clinic. And I started doing this with patients in my clinic, I, women who would come in with hormone issues, women that would come in with cycle issues, you know, even if it was, you know, across the board fertility things, I'd be like, okay, let's try this. This is what I did. Let's do this. Amazing results with it. So that's what kind of got me started on. I was like, I'm going to sell my clinic and teach women how to eat for their hormones. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And let's go back a couple seconds because I feel like I can relate so much to this cyst story. And, you know, I had the same exact situation. I had these, I had the cyst that burst. I was having mid-cycle pain and I went to my gynecologist and she you know, did a quick exam and she said, well, I think you have endometriosis. And so here's the birth control pill. And uh, I said, well, why do you, I actually just did a post about this, I think today, because it's uh, last day of endometriosis month, uh, awareness month. And I said, why don't you know that I have endometriosis? And she said, well, you have to do this surgery, this laparoscopy, laparoscopy to find out if you have endometriosis. And I don't like to be that invasive, invasive. So I just give out the birth control pill. And I remember saying, well, I can't be on that. What else do you have for me? And that was all she had. And so I think a lot of our work comes out of being faced with uh, kind of un unsatisfactory results uh, when we have these hormonal issues and that finding that there really isn't enough research done or enough resources out there for us to take it into our own hands, but we can actually do so much. So I, I did the same thing. I mean, I, I lowered my stress. That was a huge thing for me. And I went yeah. basically did an anti-inflammatory diet. I didn't know at the time to cycle sync, you know, with my, with my food and everything. But I'm just curious, you, you mentioned you supported your liver. I healed my gut, supported my liver too. And I had estrogen dominance as well as, you know, mm -hmm. adrenal issues. Was that the same for you? And could you explain a little bit more about, you know, what kind of things you, you did or what you would want women to know outside of just like, you know, 50-50 eating, eating <laughs> for half your cycle? And is there anything else that women can do um, if they're experiencing something like a cyst? Yeah. Uh, oh, right now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So, um, so the background of everything that I talk about here is really based in Eastern medicine. And I like to reference that. So I'm also, um, certified in acupuncture, Eastern medicine, and I got, um, a specialty work done specialty education in fertility and hormone issues for women. So the reason I reference that is that sometimes when I talk about this and, and, uh, it sounds weird. Like, what? What do you mean? You're, this is how women look at their bodies and how cu different cultures all over the world 
work with the female body. We're just not informed on this, right? We were raised in a male medical model, so we look at it differently. Um, so when we, you know, in looking at, you know, the the female body and and looking at, okay, I'm having these issues, and a lot of times women will notice, okay, I'm my cycle's off, or I have pain, or I have endo, or PCOS, or I'm I'm suspicious that I might have these things. What do I do, right? Um, there's usually other things that go along with it. Your sleep is usually off. Energy is not good, right? There's, there's usually other things. Sometimes women get bad headaches. Those, that hormone shift that happens, it's like you feel like you get hit by a truck, yeah. you know? So there's <laughs> usually, you know, gut issues. Holy cow, gut issues. Um, nutrient uh, deficiency is also really, really common, which creates a whole other slew of things that you could be like, well, of course I'm tired. I'm just not sleeping well. Well, maybe, but also maybe you're nutrient depleted that your body doesn't have enough energy. So you feel super fatigued. Or if you feel like, oh yeah, I'm out running errands and then I get home. And then if I sit down, I'm going to fall asleep. That's not normal. You know, that's not a normal energy standpoint. So, um, so to realize that it's more than just, you know, one thing, and I'm glad that you kind of referenced this, that it's not just oh, I'm going to eat healthy and it's going to be fine. You really have to pay attention to a lot of your different systems because all these systems work together. So if you're not working with your hormones and your gut and your sleep, right, and your stress, all these things, you're missing a huge key piece of that entire puzzle. you got to put all the puzzle pieces together at once to have it really get the most benefit and have the biggest effect on your system. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it does. I think it does. I think it it just wanted to clarify because I would, you know, I would hate for women to listen and be like, okay, all I need to do is, you know, eat some raw vegetables and rosemary, (laughs) mint and chicken and fish at the beginning of my, of my uh, first 14 days. And then in the second half, I'll eat beef and bacon and uh, ginger and I'll be, I'll be good to go. Right. Um, That's part of it. That's a huge part of it. And the other part is really working through these other systems. And I, and I'm a big believer in, in there's a lot we can do foundationally like sleep and, and drinking enough water and eating good food, of course. But then there's also a level where if that's not really getting you the results. That's when you test, right? I mean, that's when you get some testing done, you see what's true for you. So you can yeah. build specific recommendations, you know, like the woman I referenced earlier who had the two weeks of PMS, we needed Mm -hmm. to understand why she was having that so that we could get her back on track. And sure enough, figured it out, put her on a program, you know, three months later, she's, she's doing fine, right? So she's doing more than fine. But sometimes you need that extra bit of information. And I know that you're a big, big fan of the testing too, uh, as well. Mm -hmm. You do Dutch testing, what kind of testing do you do in your in your programs or your one on one work? Dutch yeah. is the best. Dutch, I love the Dutch test. Dutch is the best. This is not sponsored by Dutch, by the way. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It should be. It's not sponsored by Dutch. I love Dutch so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, my favorite thing when I when I do Dutch tests with women is that as I go through the results, and I'm sure you've had this too, I go through the results and I'll, based on what the results are, I'll start talking about it and then talk about the effect and what it would have in their system. And they'll be like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that I was feeling like that because of this. Oh my God. I thought I was crazy. (laughs) I thought it was crazy. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that I'm exhausted all afternoon and evening, but then I get past nine 30 and I get this second wind 
blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, that's adrenal fatigue. That's classic adrenal. Oh my, and I can see it right here on your, you know, Dutch results. They're like, yes, I do that. (gasps) I'm not crazy. I'm like, no, you're not crazy. Your hormones are completely out of whack, you know? Yes. Ladies, you are not crazy. You're just, your body just needs some love and and needs some, um, you know, attention in a certain way and, and you can, you can get back to normal. So, uh, okay. So I, we're almost at the end. One question I've been loving to ask is if you could give women one, this word biohack is so big right now, right? Well, just biohack this and biohack that. Uh, but it's cool, right? We, there's different things that we can do to kind of, quote, hack our way into better health. So as we've really established, men are very different uh, than women. How? What's one biohack that, that women can do? Is it this eating thing or is it something else that you would recommend? Yeah. So for as much as I do love you know, eating for your hormones in your cycle and adaptogens and all the other things, right? I, I find that the biggest baseline thing to accomplish is getting enough nutrient and protein, especially in your body. I, that is the biggest stepping stone to everything else. If you're not fueling your body with enough and protein is the number one nutrient I find that women just don't get enough of. We're afraid to eat too much. We're afraid to eat too much protein. I'm going to get big and ripped. Uh, I don't want that, right? <laughs> Beefcake. No, no. And it's not, you know, that's not how it works. Our systems are just so depleted anyway. So by upping your protein and getting the appropriate amount of protein for your system, game changer, and it brings you to a new foundation. We're then layering in the other things, you know, eating for your hormones, adaptogens, all that stuff. Holy cow, they actually work so much better when you're getting enough. So the biohack is just get get the protein, get that protein mm-hmm. in. Protein pacing, mm-hmm. protein pacing is the thing. How, that I, pro, I How I much protein about. do you like, is everyone different? Or is there a certain amount that people can start with? Um, I mean, most women I find are actually getting about like 50, maybe 60 grams a day, which by the way, if you look at the, again, this goes way back to the recommendations for women. When you turn 14 years old, the nutrition recommendations are the same for the rest of your life. 47 grams of protein for the rest of your life a day. What? Yeah. Google it. Google it. FDA recommend. Like, come on. Right. No. I am, well, <laughs> I am six two. I'm huge. I'm six two. And I, I'm an athlete. So if I were to get, I eat 47 grams of protein for breakfast. Seriously, that's not to get that all day. That's where your system gets depleted. You can't have enough nutrient to even build the muscle to boost your metabolism, all the things, right? So for what's right for you, it may be different, but sometimes I have women just start with trying to get a hundred, you know, try Mm -hmm. to get a hundred, you know, 120 Mm -hmm. grams a day, get to there. And then you can get a, a more tailored amount for what your system would need and benefit from, but you'll notice a big improvement with just getting at least a hundred a day. That's a big Absolutely. first step. Yeah. I would, I would agree. I think people are, women are not getting enough protein or fat. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, we're coming yeah. to a close. So, so Dr. Beth Westy, where can people find you? What are you doing? Uh, tell us, tell us your links and all that stuff. And yeah. How can okay. we find you? I'm on the interwebs. <laughs> I'm on the, <laughs> the things. Um, Dr. Beth Westy on Facebook, Instagram. My website is drbethwesty.com. My YouTube channel, which you referenced, um, Dr. Beth Westy. I have a ton of stuff, so you can subscribe to that. And then I do have a podcast. It's the Female Health Solution Podcast. Um, I have a ton of great episodes there as well. So lots of resources for you to start diving into. Woohoo. Thank you so much for all those resources. And thank you so, so much for coming on and shedding your light with 
literally women all over the world. I love talking to you. It's so much fun. And I can't wait to watch your next YouTube video. Yay, thanks. Awesome. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for joining us this week for She Talks Health. Please join Sophie Shepard again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time for another episode of our show on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.